0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All you got a Bible this morning? All right, open it up to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. Thank you. My credit score is fine. Thank you for <laughs> Thank you for checking on me though. It's, I really appreciate that anyway. So I told you anything could happen. All right, did you find Hebrews chapter 10? Hallelujah. Let me just say, before we go to Hebrews chapter 10, basically, that uh, there's a... The shift that's taking place in my heart, and I think it's taking place in the body of Christ right now, is going to be, I don't know, just a lot different. Can't really find the words to say it, but... uh, if, if you start to listen to God and study the word more and more, you find out that really without the power of God and without miracles, signs, and wonders, Christianity is no more than religion. Right. Yeah. 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 Because basically any religion get together and do this or that, but there's something that happens when you start walking in the power of God and the miracles of God and things start happening. Because in the hearts and minds of every single person who are ever born, and especially born again, there is a desire in your heart for the supernatural, whether you know it or not. There's a desire for miracles. There's a desire for signs, wonders, and powers and authority because that's what God placed on the inside of each and every one of us. So until we start living in that, we just become a social group. And most social groups got five people here that moved over to this church, that moved over to that church, move over to this church, move over to that church. Well, we either want to lock you in or drive you out. And I don't mean drive you out. I mean, what we teach and what what we're going to get into and stuff may may rattle your brain. How many of you know you don't quite know everything yet? Some of you are right up the tip there, but there's a little bit more that we can get in you to do that. So signs, wonders, and miracles are a must right now in the body of Christ. And really, the reason why a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles haven't taken place is what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. So Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with what? All right, here it says there's a problem basically in our lives and that problem is having an evil conscience. How many of you know when you were born into this earth realm, you had an evil conscience? Adam saw to that. When Adam sinned, basically, he became the nature of the devil. He had a guilt conscience. He had a condemnation conscience. And basically, every seed produces after its own kind. So, when you were born again, you had that same conscience. When you were born again, it was evil. It was sin. It was guilty. It was condemned. It was all these things that we lived in. That's why it took us so long to get to God because we were probably afraid of God. How many were afraid of God before you got saved? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Afraid of you? afraid of yourself. You were afraid of everything. So here it says something has to be dealt with is something called an evil conscience. Say an evil conscience. evil conscience. All right, just slide back to Hebrews chapter 9. Look at verse 14. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from what? dead works to serve the living God. So here's a, here's a takeoff on another scripture. Basically, your consciousness, we talk about a mind renewal, but your actual consciousness has to be purged by what Jesus did on the cross for you to walk in and live in an assurance of faith. And, and faith, sometimes, you know, it's very good, it's in the Bible, but sometimes we have overstated faith to a point where the devil has used it for us to try to get things that were already freely provided for us. You don't need faith to get what you've already got. Are you following me? Yeah. And if you don't believe you've got it, you don't use it. If you don't use it, you try to get enough faith to get it, and you can't get enough faith to get it because you already got it. Are you listening this morning? Yeah. So the devil's got us running around sort of like chasing your tail. Did you ever see a cartoon where somebody going around there? And that's what we're doing, running around. Do you have power? No. Are you, uh, do you like power? Yeah, I'm after it right now. What are you doing? I'm trying to get enough faith to get it. When will you know you get it? When it starts working? Well, it's, is it going to start working before you think you got it? No, but I'm going to get it because I'm walking around in faith and I'm going around it. And I found out in my life, one thing that, that separated me from sin consciousness and from righteous consciousness, if you're sin consciousness, you're work-oriented. See, if I'm into works, I got to do this for God. I got to please God. I got to do this. I got to make God happy with me. I got to do that. You still have a sin consciousness, and most of us have a a part of it on the inside of us to do. If you have a grace consciousness, you, you go into trust. No longer work. You just trust. I trust what God said, basically. And what has happened through a sin consciousness is that we've made the gospel a gospel of demand rather than a gospel of offer. See, when I was brought up, you better do this, you better do, oh my God, if you don't do this, and if you don't do that, and it made a point to where I was demanded to do something that I really didn't want to do anyway, but I needed to do, because if I didn't do, it wasn't going to work out. I mean, I was told, you better go to church on Sunday, because if you don't go to church on Sunday, you're going to hell. Then I found out later, worse than that is if you go to church every Sunday and still go to hell. Why is that? Because it was offered to me with my consciousness as demand rather than an offer. God never demands you to do anything. He offers you things and allows you to make the decision. He never demanded Adam not to eat off the tree. He gave him a choice. He made an offer. You can live an eternal life for the rest of your life. Just don't eat off that tree and everything will be fine. And how many know Adam made a bad choice and then blame God? Does that sound like the church? Yeah. So God has offered, the the gospel of grace is an offer to you. It's not a demand. Sin consciousness is demand. And then when you don't do it, you feel guilty because you're not doing it, which adds to that sin consciousness. And you feel condemned because you didn't do it. And then you're right back in the same place where God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me, God does. I'm fully convinced now, if I never preached another sermon in my entire life, God would still be pleased with me, and he would still love me. I mean, Jesus got baptized. He didn't do anything yet. Came up out of the River Jordan. He said, this is my beloved son. He hadn't healed one person, hadn't delivered one person, hadn't preached one. So, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well. But we think that we've got to do all this stuff before God is going to please with us. So you've got to shift over a place where you understand everything in this book is, an, is offered by God. It's offered for your benefit. It's not a demand for you to do it. Some people come to me and they say, well, do you, do you believe in tithing? I say, yeah. And they say, well, praise God, I don't believe in tithing. I said, that's fine. They said, well, don't you think it's a sin? I said, no, I don't think it's a sin. I think it's an offer. It's not a demand to you. If you don't want the windows of heaven opened and God pouring out a blessing upon you, then don't tithe. I don't care. He's, he's offering you a way. Are you listening to me? He's offering you a way to prosper. And if you don't want to do it, don't come under condemnation or guilt to me. Just do what you think you need to do. But when you come to me and want money, I'm going to make some demands. Because I'm not a pastor, offer. Come on, you follow me. God gives you; He offers it to you. And we think since it's demand, we got to have enough faith to carry it out because God's demanding it. When it's not, it already provided for us. God made it simple: tithe. Windows are open. Draw near to me; I'll draw near to you. I just can't get close to God. I don't know what the problem is. I, I try my best, and I pray, and I shout, and I scream. And no, if you just simply draw near to. He makes you an offer, don't he? And, and these offers don't have to be bought by faith. They don't have to be qualified for because they're already yours. How many of you, when you got born again, basically begged God to give you the Holy Spirit? You didn't because when you got the Holy Spirit, when you got born again... Yeah and he came to live on the inside of you, that, that, was, that was God's plan. That was God's program, if you would. You get born again, you get the Holy Ghost. So there's no sense getting born again and then trying to faith your way into the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost, send the Holy Ghost, be the Holy, Holy Ghost. I'm on the inside of you right now. i the Holy Ghost. I'm right here, right there. Come i send that. So then we try to get enough faith to get the Spirit of God when the Spirit of God is already on the inside of us. So we never operate or flow in the Spirit of God because you cannot activate in the Spirit what you don't believe that you don't have. So the devil says, just a little more faith, and you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Just kneel down next time you pray. Jump up and down when you pray. Pray harder. Pray longer. Do all. That. No, you've got Holy Ghost. How many know when Jesus comes back? You ain't going to have to believe. When he comes back, you're going to know it, praise God. There's going to be a revelation if you ain't got one now, because that's going to be it. You don't have to have faith for that. That's going to happen in God's program. It's going to take place in your life. So there's things that we've got in our life that actually belong to us, and one of those things is, is getting rid of that sin consciousness because we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. That means you don't have to do anything to become righteous. But if you think you've got to do something to become righteous, you'll be works-oriented. If you know you're righteous, you'll be trust. Well, he said it. Praise God. If that's what he said, that's what he said. If he said, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, then I'm just going to believe that God knows what he's talking about and he's not a liar. And I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. People say, well, what did, you, what did you do? That's what they always ask you. What did you do to have a good ministry? What did you do to get revelation? What did you do to become a pastor and be able to preach a, a, the word of God like you do? What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> I just believed that I was a pastor anointed by God and I'd get revelation when I read the word of God because it was promised to me and I didn't have to faith my way into it. That's who he made me to be and that's who I am. Now, in Galatians, it talks about mankind being created and made when you're born again. You are a miracle worker. You're not trying to become a miracle worker. He never said try. He never said pray longer. He said you are a miracle worker. So what are you? I'm a miracle worker. Well, I'm trying to be. Why would you try to be when you are? So, what does the church do again? Uh, if I get enough faith to be a miracle worker, and then I'm, boy, you're going to see some miracles in, bless God. So, you do that when you're 25 and they preach, well, and then they got their program. Well, I tell you what, this is what you need to do more. You got to do a little bit more, and then you'll be a miracle worker. Then you'll do this, then you'll do that. Well, no, no. You were created, God created you. That's God's program. God created you to be a miracle worker. The Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Belief. In my name, they shall cast out devils they will heal the sick they will speak in tongues see i mean i'm sure that little girl wasn't faithing for several years she said i want it god said it's yours she believed she hadn't guess what you see same way with tongues you don't have to faith your way into tongues tongues is already on the inside of you you just got to believe it's in there and start talking in tongues praise god but yet we want to do everything by faith. See, we want to faith our way. Into, because if we get it by faith, we did something. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a great pastor because of my wonderful faith. No, because he made me one. That's right. Amen. Now, we always struggle with pride. Right. So for you to say that you're great to the church is pride. But if you say that you're great because of what he did, then there's no pride because you didn't do anything at all to have any pride to get where you're at because it's all provided by him. Are you following That's me? Right. So unless, whether you know it or not, God's program for you is to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Right. Well, I wish, I, I'm hoping, I'm trying to do that. I'm, you don't have to try to do it. That's what he told you you're going to be doing. You're going to be laying hands on the sick and recover. How, how many of you after church are hungry sometime? If I tell you to go eat, do you have to faith for it? No. Oh, I got to go eat. That's right. Pastor said, I'm hungry. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. No, no. You just do what's best for you. How I many know that's in the program of life. You need to eat. It's nothing supernatural, special. What's well, the same way with us. Us laying hands on the sick is a natural thing for us to do. We don't have to do the faith part of it. That's who we are. We're hand layers, and we heal the sick. We cast out devils. We speak in tongues. That's who he created us to be. We are a brand-new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things, thank God, have passed away, and all things have become new. But since we have this sin consciousness, this evil consciousness that we're born with, it has to be purged, and it has to be purged by nothing but the word of God and the blood. Say the blood. So why the blood? Because the blood provided everything that you will ever need in your It eliminates faith in some areas of your life because it's already for you, praise God. You didn't have to get born again, then pray for three weeks to become a new creation. The day that you received Jesus, bam o wham you may not have known it. You may not took advantage of it. You may have prayed about it for five years to become one until somebody came along and said, you are. Then you said, oh, my God, was that stupid. Because that's who you are. That's God's plan. That's the way. So he's making all these offers to us, but we're seeing them as demands. Then we won't, don't do it up to not even his level, but our level that we think it's supposed to be. We go back into a sin consciousness, and we walk evil consciousness again. We're a failure. We can't do it. And then we pray like that. Oh, Lord, I know I don't deserve anything. How many of you know you don't? <laughs> How many of you would like to have what you deserve? No, no, nobody wants that. No, no. Yet we we want to deserve what we get from God. And God says, quit trying to deserve it. I've already gave it to you. You have an inheritance according to the Bible that's been given to each and every one of us. And that inheritance is the richest of the glory of his inheritance. It belongs to you. Now, you were born into it, praise God. You're a citizen of the kingdom. All these things are who you are and what you can do. Can I go a step further? When you were born into the kingdom of God, you were a healed person. Natural, no. now it don't seem like it's natural because natural is anybody who's not living in. Or everybody lives in sickness and disease. Everybody gets sick sometimes. Everybody, if something breaks out, COVID breaks out. Everybody's running around. Pain. The church don't act no different than the world. Right. Right. I'm sorry, but it's true. Don't act no different than the world when something like that happens. Why is that? Because we still think like them. No, no you're healed. You're as healed as much as you're righteous. Yes, that's right. So if I'm righteous and I'm being tempted to sin, all I have to do is resist the. Because I'm righteous, and I won't do it. I'll fight sin off. Somebody goes, you go, to, go here, go there, go to, go to men's club, do this, do that. You know, you're smart enough being righteous not to even entertain that. Right. Well, it's the same way when it comes to sickness and disease. We have been created a healed creature in the image and likeness of God, and when sickness comes, we treat it the same way as we do sin. Say, no, we, I don't do that. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. As a matter of fact, the Spirit of God's on the inside of me, and he's there to quicken my mortal body. People say, well, that's after death. You ain't going to have a mortal body after you die. Well, that's why he said mortal, because he know we think stupid. Come on, he covers the bases, don't it? If he'd have just said body, everybody said, well, that's for me, die and go to heaven. We ain't going to have your body there either. Your body's going to be in the grave, and you're going to be gone. So you don't need a healing then. So it's while he's in our body, he's there to make sure we continue to walk in divine health that's on the inside. Walk in righteousness is already on the inside of us. Walk in victory. Walk in power. He's the generator for everything. He's already on the inside of us. And basically when we, when we just act like who we are, see, that's where faith comes in. Just believe who you are and act like who you are. Then we'll have the results. He said, if you lay hands on the sick, I'm giving you an offer, they will and then we think, I've got to get enough faith to lay hands on the sick. i just got to go to church here. One more sermon. I've just got to do one more thing. i just got to do... No, no. It's an offer. If you lay hands on the sick, guess what's going to happen? They recover. they recover. They recover. And he said, in my name, you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. In my name, if you cast out the devil, he will... Amen. Well, I wish I could believe that. You don't have to believe it. He already told you that. We will do greater works than him. I didn't say that. I didn't write John 14. He said that. So he looks at me and says, Tom, you know what? You're born again now. You're going to do greater works, the same works and greater than I did. Oh, Lord, I'm trying to. I'm struggling to. And then you somebody walks up to you, and, and you're, you're caught in the middle of sin consciousness and righteous consciousness, and, and your righteous consciousness saying, "Lay hands on them; they'll be healed." And your sin consciousness saying, "Don't you do that? Pastor can do that, and, and everybody else can, but don't you do that? You need to hear one more. Ser- you just hear one more sermon, and you just get a little bit stronger, and then you battle back and forth, then they walk away, and you don't do it. And guess where you go deeper into guilt than you were when the battle was going on. So now you're in deeper guilt and condemnation, which is what you're trying to get out of. Which is an evil consciousness, into a place of Jesus consciousness. Notice, Jesus' ministry broke out, and when it started, it started in signs, wonders, miracles. Let me go to the book of Acts, and off the first four chapters, you know what they had? Signs, wonders, and miracles. But now the church, in the year 2023, that, that was before, that, that old. All that, the Holy Ghost is now walking with a cane on the inside of you. Oh. <laughs> And basically, he can't do anything for you anymore. <laughs> He's trying his best, but he just can't whip up enough power to do anything. So we're the generation that just got to get by, do whatever we can do. But notice, that's not the truth. The truth is, if that ministry worked and that draw people to Jesus, that acts, then what's going to draw people finally to the church, the real church, Amen. the kingdom church, is going to be the power of God, signed wonders, and miracles. But we want to complicate it, don't we? He just said, in Jesus' name, in my name, you'll cast out devils. So in his name, I'm, gonna ca- I'm not going to try to think of how long my prayer needs to be, how short my prayer needs to be, whether I've got to jump up and down, whether I do it, whether I've got to feel something flow out of my hand, whether they've got to fall down and roll around on the floor. Whether No, it's simple. Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So the devil comes along and keeps the whole church from doing it. See, we know we haven't been doing it, don't we? It's the truth, ain't it? We haven't been doing it. We haven't been casting out the devil. We haven't been laying hands on the sick. Why? Because we're waiting to get to that place. And any place you can get to without him, you can be prideful of. Go ahead and say, look at me. Look what I did. No, look what he did. And he did it all because he loves us and because he cares for us and because it's good. Praise God. So notice here in verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot, purge your conscience from what? Dead 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 works. Say dead works. Now, what are dead works? Dead works are works that you do for God that are basically worthless anyway. They're not doing anything for you or for him. But tell me, you know, the only, the only reward for doing dead works are the works themselves. Because you feel good. Boy, I went to church three times in a row. Oh, my good God. Did you see me? I was right there. Sat in row three. Then I jumped up to row one. Did you see that on Wednesday night, Lord? I really moved up there. And we expect God to say, ooh, ooh. Yeah, you're my best one now. But see, that's not it. Those are all dead works that we want to do. And what do dead works do? They kill our faith. They take us back into guilt, back into condemnation. They make us unworthy, have an unworthy complex. Oh, I could never do that for God. I could never. Thou art thee thou, thou, this, thee thou. You think he speaks King's English or something, and he doesn't, praise God. He just wants to hear you and listen from you. It robs you of your joy. Why is there a joyous church right now? Because they're a joyous church right now. Everything's based on what you do to please God, and you can't do it, praise God. And you lose your peace. You know why? Because you never know if you do enough. I did a whole bunch last week, but I don't know if that was enough for God this week, so I'm going to try to do a little bit more this week. And if I do a little bit more this week, then I'll be doing better, but I still don't know if it's enough, and God doesn't really have a sheet to where I can go down and do this stuff. And you're, you're just running in circles, and you're wasting your time doing absolutely nothing that you're supposed to be doing but you're doing what you think you need to do, and this puts fear, once again, between you and God. You still don't think God like you. You're still trying to please God. You're still trying to do something. But the kingdom of God is basically righteousness, then, then, in the So that's the system, ain't it? Now, there's no works in there. There's no guilt in there. There's no condemnation in there. There's no unworthiness in there. There's no loser mentality in there. There's no failership in there whatsoever, praise God. So you've got to think of yourself as not the person who does his best and fails every now and then, but you're the person who never fails. Amen. I'm not the person who, who lives fairly healthy, then I get sick every now and then. I'm the person who lives in divine health, praise God, because that's who I am. Now it's taken a different stand. Now, even though you're seated at the right hand of the Father, mentally, you're starting to get seated there. So even though you're seated there spiritually, your mind's still way down here someplace. That's why God said, look at the things up here. Don't look at the thing. Look at the things up here. Look what's up here for you. What's up here, praise God? Righteousness and, and healing and power and victory and all these things, praise God. But these things are not faith in. They already belong to That's who you are. They already belong to you, praise God. And the name of Jesus basically what gives us access to all these things. We're simply doing in Jesus' place what Jesus did in, for the Father in his place. But Jesus left, so he needed somebody to take over the family business. And he gave us the family business, and now we're taking over what he did. And we're doing it with his power, with his nature, which is authority, and which is word. You have really nothing to do with it, but believe that's who you are and start acting like that's who you are. See, laying hands on the sick is no talent, basically. It was something that was offered to you. Now, if you do, I, I don't believe that. I'm never laying hands on the sick. No problem. No problem. But you're never going to see anybody healed. But it's no problem. God's not saying, if you don't do that, I'm going to crush you. Ever heard God go, going to get you for that. Ever heard that? My Lord, he got me so many times when I was young. I'd been dead a long time ago, I'll tell you right now. You know, God's going to get you. He's going to get you if you do that. No, he ain't out to get you. He's out to use you, fulfill his purpose that he put you here for. You're his creation. It's important to him that you succeed because his name's on you. I mean, yeah, if he gets to get something. it's a lemon. If it's a car or something, you say, who built this thing? Let me check. Well, here's some Christians running around, all defeated, all beat down. Somebody say, "Who built you?" And I say, "God." God says, "Don't say that. Don't, don't, don't claim. That. Please, don't say that. Don't say that. I don't. <laughs> don't claim to be mine." Yeah, it's important to him. He actually put his image. You know, when you put your image on something, you're declaring that's mine. Praise God. I got a Toyota car out there. I mean, you know, it's got an image on the thing. And if something goes wrong with it, Toyota will run here to fix that thing. Because now now you just can't spread it with your mouth. You can go online and tell you what you think about stuff. Thank God there's not a review for God. God did this. God did that. God made me go broke. Well, do you tithe? No. Well, then God didn't make you go broke. You chose to go broke. He's, I never feel his presence. You chose not to draw near to him. See, it's all our choice. He gives us a choice. And that's, that's how he, he keeps from being guilty in anything. See, it's your choice. you got the free will to do it. If you don't do it, it's not his fault. It's your fault. He says, forgive. Well, I'm not forgiven. It's up to you. No problem. But you're going to reap the results of not forgiving someone, which according to that is being put in jail someplace and in bondage and not be able to get out. I'm just so bound. I don't know what's wrong. Have you forgiven everyone? No, but you don't know what they did to me. Well, you got the key, brother. Don't blame God when you got the key, unlock the door and get out and forgive, praise God, and everything'll be fine, but don't blame God. I mean, you can blame your wife for your dumb decisions, but don't blame God. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. You're better off than blaming God, I'll tell you what, praise God. But see, God really has nothing to do with it. He created us, created Adam, Adam messed up, now he creates us, we're born again, all these things belong to us, but we're having a tough time transitioning out of this sin-evil consciousness that we got, that we're losers, that we can't do it, that we're just mere mortals, that nothing will work. The Bible says you look in the mirror and you see who you are, and then you walk away and forget everything. Because we spend you know 15 minutes in here and 23 and a half hours out there, and it's hard to make the transition between the two. So you can look in the mirror and see who you are. My God, look at, he's full of the power of God. He's full of the anointing of God. Jesus one time stood up after sleeping and spoke to the winds, and they stopped. And the disciple says, what manner of man is this? And I know Jesus wanted to say, the same manner that you will be soon. And notice, he never one time stood up like that and then said, thank God you woke me. Oh, my God, we were going down. We were going to drown. We were going. No, he said, why didn't you do that? Where was your faith? Why didn't you do it? Then they come down from a mountain, and there's a demon-possessed person down there, and the disciples are probably screaming everything from Beelzebub to demon and everything, and nothing happens. And Jesus comes down and says, good try. Good try, you guys. I thank you for trying. No, he said, you wicked and perverse generation how long do I have to stay with you? Yet we say, well, Jesus can do that, but we don't do that. So we identify with the wicked and perverse disciples. We identify with the guys in the boat who are yelling, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus says, I gave you authority, I gave you authority. You say, help me, Jesus. Help. See? And then you'll hear sermons. Oh if you're like Peter in the boat. Oh yes amen yes amen and you get in trouble you cry out and I mean if you're a spiritual baby you need to be crying out to Jesus probably all the time but once you grow up a little bit and you're starting to learn some stuff you better take authority on your own because he gave it to you to take authority on praise God he said behold I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy nothing by any means shall ever hurt you so when something comes into your life walk on the thing He's already given you the power and authority. It's not something you've got to pray for, not something you've got to desire. It's already on the inside of you, but we're not doing it, praise God. I mean, when anybody else tells us anything to do, we don't have a problem with it. When my boss told me what to do when I was uh, in the post office, said, here, take this short route here and go, I didn't have to get some faith up to muster to take that. And no, I just did what I was told because I believe he was the boss and told me what to do. Well, God was our boss, and he told us everything that we needed to do. So there's no reason why the church shouldn't be casting out devils, shouldn't be right. healing the sick, shouldn't be speaking in other tongues. And, and, and he says, if you're a child, you become like a child, you receive better. That's why that little girl's speaking in tongues, and 90% of the church ain't. <laughs> oh, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't know. Hey, everybody else is doing that. I think I'll go ahead and do the mighty job. She didn't think, well, I wonder what that is. I wonder if I should have that or not. I wonder if that's of the devil. I wonder if that's of God. We hadn't brainwashed her yet to a place to where she... (laughs) She just naturally said, well, if that's for me, I'll take it, praise God. I mean, offer her a candy bar. See if she fights it off or tries to faith her way into it. Well, if I get enough faith, I can have that. See? But, but we've got to understand a lot of things that we've already got, we're, we're using our faith to try to get. And there's no sense using your faith. Just start using what God has already given you and walk in victory, walk in healing, walk in power, walk in. Think, think how much if the, the whole church in Jesus' name started laying hands on every sick person they ran into. How many people could possibly get healed in a short amount of time? In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' place. I mean, you know, that's what Jesus did, so that's what I do. Why? I'm taking his place again. I'm his power of attorney. I'm here on the earth. And this is the way God wanted it. You know, if God would have never transferred authority to us, then he'd be responsible for this. But we're praying him and wanting him to do things that he's not responsible to do anymore. We are responsible to do right now. Those things belong to us. Each and every one of us have those things. And maybe that don't excite you, but I've been waiting on signs, wonders, and miracles in a church for a long time. Praise God. Hallelujah. And for Christians to get up off their duffs. See? And start moving to the things of God. That's what's going to change this. You know, not, not a two-week uh, praise and worship service in some college someplace. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, when people see signs, wonders, and miracles, when people get healed, when people get delivered, we're supposed to be showing that Jesus Christ is alive. Yes. You don't do that just by singing a song. How many of you know that? Right. You don't do that by hearing a sermon. It might make him more alive to you through the sermon so that you can manifest him there. But we got to show that Jesus is alive. Well, what did Jesus do when he was alive? Went around healing. Went around delivering, went around preaching the kingdom of God. So that's what we should be doing. See? But but we focus so hard on faith, faith, faith. Got to have faith for this. Got to have faith for that. And there's nothing wrong with faith. Believe me, I grew up in a faith movement. I heard so many faith sermons. And there's nothing wrong with them. But it taught me to try to faith for things that I've already got. And it hurt me. When I first started the ministry, I was faithing for the anointing to preach and the anointing to preach. And every time I stepped out, I didn't really know whether I had it. I And I mean, no, that's a bad spot to be in. If you're going to step out without the anointing, you better make it a short sermon. God loves you. Thank you very much for coming. Because it takes God. It takes God to preach God. And the only way God can preach God is through a human mouth. That's why he's got your mouth, to preach the kingdom of God through your mouth, because he can't do it without you, praise God. So one, all, once I read in the Bible, and there it said, you have an anointing. I said, ah, I've been faithing for it for five years, and I had it the whole time. I said, gosh, I feel stupid. Lord said, you ought to. <laughs> See, but what taught, you taught, you know, you got to watch. And there's another level to everything you're being taught anyway. How many of you know that? I'm glad I, I had a lot of faith in God's Word. It made me get in the Word. How many know it makes you get in the Word? If you think you need faith to get everything, you're going to spend some time in the Word because faith comes by hearing now. The. Then you're going to find out a lot of things that you were faithing for you already head anyway and they already belong to you so basically what's he doing now he's trying to cleanse our consciousness too bad they don't have those hats they put on people and, go, and just remove that because it, and it's not our fault you know it's the way we were born and it's the way that we think and it's the way to you know it's the way that we think it's the way that we do things and it's always in there we're always the loser it's just never going to work for us it may work for them and then you know what that causes jealousy because you're living over here and look at that person they've been going to church and i've been going to church longer than them and they're millionaires and i ain't got nothing well the difference is they tithe so don't blame god no god's a respecter of persons no he's not he's a respecter of your decisions so when you make the right decisions then you're going to get the right results he promises it so he's promises some things signs wonders and miracles that we can do yes little old us Little of us, look at us. We can do that. Don't matter how long you've been a Christian. Don't matter if you had a good day today or a bad day today. You just do in Jesus' name what Jesus would do, praise God. And it works for us because that's what we're supposed to be doing down here. That's what the kingdom's all about. Christianity is just show up. Show up for church. Watch a pastor on a screen. Seeker friendly. Everybody's got a friend. And, I mean, it's good for fellowship and stuff like that, but I'm into delivering people, setting people free, and praise God. I mean, if I go out by myself and do it, praise God, and do it to people, I want to see it done because that's the only thing that brings joy. How many of you know that? Yeah. Ever got anybody let them to the Lord? Yeah. Praise God. Didn't you feel good afterwards? Yeah. yeah. At first time you, did, you thought you did it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I transformed into a new creation, praise God. I filled them with the Holy Ghost myself. Didn't need God. No, you just felt because you knew you did something. You did something that doesn't have, it doesn't have value for a year, Two years, but it's an eternal thing that you did. You took somebody out of their eternal destiny and put him in the elevator and pushed heaven floor. And it just went up there, praise God. And it belonged to them, hallelujah. But then we're taught, that's good, but that's all you get. Then we're just one step at a time. We're floor number one. Ten years later, we're floor number three. But no, that's not it. You, you just got commissioned and put in. Born again is the beginning, not the end. Being born again in the Spirit of God and having the power is the beginning of what we're supposed to be doing. And young young people, I'll tell you, if you get a hold of this, woo! I'm telling you what. You start this about 2025. 20, by the time you get to 50, ain't nobody gonna stand you at all. Yeah be a power of God every way flowing out of you. And it's going to become so normal to you to do that. You see a sick person, what do you do? Well, in Jesus' name, I heal. What do you do? There's a guy over there twitching. What do I do? In Jesus' name, I cast the devil out. Do I speak in tongues? I don't have to work it up. No, it flows out of you like a river, just like that little girl. It just comes up, and it goes, and it flows. And then don't wonder, and I wonder what I'm saying. I wonder what I'm praying about. If God wants you to know, he'll tell you. But he needs people to pray for what he wills to be done. And that's the best part about that is now you're not praying what you will because even you probably already ran through your grocery list before you got to praying in tongues. So now we're doing what God wants us to do. So what are we doing? We're flowing, but that sin consciousness has got to be adjusted. It's got to be changed. You've got to come to a place where you know that you know that you know that you're the righteousness of God, of God. You're the healed of God. You're the power of God. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same spirit that lived on the inside of Jesus. So why wouldn't the same spirit do the same thing that he did on the inside of Jesus? He would, praise God. But we don't understand it. We've been taught different. So we're slowly working on our minds. Say working on our minds. It's funny, too, and we're not going to get through this today, but that's all right. There's a a story in here about where Jesus came to them, and they were talking about they wanted to be righteous. They wanted to be in right standing with God. How many of you ever wanted to be in right standing with God? You did. Even before you were saved, and now after you're saved, you want to be in right standing with God. So basically, Jesus walks up to them, and back then, you've got to remember, they got the most evil conscience and sin conscience you've ever seen in your life back in that day. And he goes to them and says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, now how many of you know that shook them up? These guys only wore certain stuff to be righteous, ate certain stuff to be righteous, talked different, certain devices. Pharisees, praise God, that's what they were. They were the upper chain that time. They were the TV ministers at that time. They were the radio ministers at that time. They were the ones up there. And Jesus has the gall to come along and say, you want to, you got to be more righteous than they're righteous? They got to be thinking, I ain't got enough time to do all this stuff. Ain't that what you'd think? If you're thinking in that area? So back then, that had to be hard to understand. But we should be in a position now where we understand what he was talking about, that it's not based on our works, it's based on his works. And then one of the top Pharisees of that time, a guy by the name of Saul, I mean, no, he was a big wheel. He said, man, i tell you what, I'm the, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day. Well, he's way ahead of me now. Right? He's got all these things lined up that he did. I'm a leader in this. I did this. I was so devout. I even went after them stupid Christians. I did all this stuff. But he said, all that stuff I did were dead works. I look at them like dung. You know what dung is? <laughs> Looked at him like dung. He said, all that stuff I did, I thought I was so proud of myself. Everybody was honoring me, patting my back, telling me how wonderful I was and all this. And basically I found out all I was doing was a total waste of time, he said. So what did he do? He said, I'm just going to put faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and understand that I'm born again and everything that I used to do, I don't have to do anymore. There was a top Pharisee. So that's why Jesus came along. The Bible on Isaiah says, your righteousness is filthy rags. We've got a lot of filthy rags hanging around, don't we? Yeah, that's not it. That's not what righteousness is. Everything that you have gotten, everything you will ever receive, everything you ever get was bought and paid for by God, not by you. And if you had to earn your salvation, then you should get credit for it. But it was a free gift. Say free gift. gift. See, it was a free gift. God gave it to you. It's a free gift. And as long as you tried to earn it, you never got it. But when you finally receive the free gift, you got it. But then after we get in, we want to earn everything else. We want to earn the anointing. We want to earn our peace. We want to earn our joy. And you don't earn that stuff. It already belongs to us. I told you all the time that I'm the most patient man in the world. I'm also the most peaceful man in the world i the most joyful man in the world because all, all those things is who you really are. But until you believe that it's already been given to you, you're not going to operate in it because right. when something comes to steal that, you're going to give it away. And the devil comes to steal. Steal. Oh, wow, wow. Jesus. see, I'm a peaceful man until something bad happens. Oh my God, what happened? He came along, he stole your peace. You might as well go through the thing peaceful. It's not going to change it just because you you get all frantic and upset and worry and complain and holler and scream and moan and get critical. That stuff doesn't do anything. And there's a result of that, whatever you claim to do. you know, There's a result when you do what God tells you to do, and there's a result when you don't do what God tells you to do. So he's offering us this morning. He's offering Treasure Coast Victory Center this morning. Nobody else, no other church anywhere. This is the only church. He's offering us a chance to heal the sick, cast out devils, Walk in the anointing of God. Be full of power. Be full of authority. Walk in victory. Walk in financial blessing. It's all an offering to us, but we're the ones who make the decision whether we're going to do it or whether we're not. As long as we see it as demand, I'll tell you what, as long as I was under religious demand, I was guilty all the time. I was guilty when I did bad, and I was guilty when I did good. Didn't make any difference. I was just plain out guilty. And when you're guilty, how many you know a guilty person cannot have a good relationship with a holy, righteous God? It's very difficult to do. So then what do you try to do? You try to manipulate God. Ever are trying to manipulate him to do something. Yeah. Praise God. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Lord, you owe me now. That's right. You owe me. That's right. Getting awful quiet in here this morning. A lot of people thinking, don't we? I can just see your mind going. But it's all right. That's what we're supposed to do here. You're supposed to rack your brain a little bit and check it. Just go back and read the Bible from the opinion of it being an offer rather than a demand, and it'll bless you rather than curse you every time you read it. Because, I mean, you read some of this stuff, especially if you go to the Old Testament. Right, God, it shows God in there. just smash you like a bug, praise God, if you do the wrong thing. <laughs> but how many know that's Old Testament? I mean, I cussed the other day. He's going to open the earth, and I'm going to fall down with those 240,000 people down there. How many know that'll keep you afraid of God. But that's not what we're doing, pray. That's not the way it works. He gives everybody offers. gives everybody an option. And each and every one of us got one, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, well, I guess that's it already, praise God. Thank the Lord. Get this tape. Listen to it about 4,642 times. And we're going to be talking about getting rid of that evil conscience, getting rid of it, lining up with God. so we walking into stuff, but just do do what the Bible tells you to do. It already belongs to each and every one of you who are here. Praise God. Don't matter about your age. Don't matter about your number of years. Don't matter how many scriptures you can quote. The Bible says, in my name, you shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover, cast out devils. Praise God. Heal the sick and pray in tongues. Pray in tongues this morning. Okay, how many of you had, a, how many of you had a get enough faith to pray in tongues this morning? You just did it, didn't you? Because yes. you knew it belonged to you and it's yours. Well, it's the same way with laying hands on the sick. It's the same way in Jesus' name with casting out devils. It's the same. So let's not separate that scripture. Let's keep it right there. And now as you go for lunch, if you eat anything deadly. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says it should not hurt you. Praise God. So go enjoy whatever you want. Praise God today. You should be okay. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you're such a wonderful God. My gosh, we don't even understand how wonderful you really are and what you've done in our lives. I thank you for being a God of offer, and we just take every offer you throw at us, Lord. We thank you for the results. We thank you for a body of believers being raised up in the power of God and the anointing of God. We thank you, Father, for the renewal of our minds. We thank you for the revival through and in each and every one of us to this world. We thank you for your signs, wonders, and miracles that you promised us, and we thank you for making us holy, righteous, healed, and miracle workers, and we give you the praise for it this day. In Jesus' name, and everybody says. Amen. Yeah.